0: Folks, I told you, this season, last call has been amazing. And I told you guys I was going to bring the best guests from the state of Maryland. The next guest I have on, this guy is doing big things in Annapolis. I'm going to tell you, I mean, when I mean big things, he's moving and shaking, making things happen for all his clients. And he's actually helped No Picture of a Dark podcast out also. So the next voice you'll hear, we're Mr. Lorenzo Bellamy. Uh, he's doing he's the man you need to talk to when you go (laughs) to Annapolis. Right back up these messages. Are you or someone you love in need of mental health support? For All Seasons is now offering same-day therapy appointments with no wait list. Through the For All Seasons Open Access Program, you can walk in for mental health services and begin therapy in the same visit. For All Seasons accepts all insurances and provides financial assistance if you need it. For therapy, psychiatry, or victim support, we have appointments available today. Call For All Seasons, 410-822-1018. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. I told you folks the heavy hitters are in the house today. And this guy I've been trying to get him on the show. <laughs> we were supposed to do it at the beach. It got too dark. Then we we're supposed to do it at a different time. It was just he's been one of the hardest working men in
1: the state of Maryland. Oh my goodness. Mr. Lorenzo Bellamy, I mean, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, Aaron, thank you so much. I'm doing doing very well. You've got me almost starting to laugh when you, how you introduced me, but I appreciate that introduction. And I think you're the hardest working man in Maryland and you're doing so extremely well. I'm honored to be on your podcast today. No, thank and you, I'm sir. glad we connected. Absolutely. Thank
0: you, sir. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you coming to take your time out your day to come and hang out and just yeah, yeah. hang out with us and talk about, a little bit about you yeah. and what you have going on, you know? And so tell us, what
1: do you, what's which name of your company and what do you do? So the name of the company is the Bellamy Gen Group. Um, we are a government relations firm based in Annapolis, Maryland, and we are essentially advocates for our clients. Um, some people call us lobbyists. I like to use the term advocate, and uh, we are an advocacy organization, advocacy firm that essentially is trying to promote legislation or policies um, and regulations that benefit our clients. I love
0: and that's that. That's what we do. I love. It. How yeah. long
1: have you guys been around for? Formed in 2017, September of 2017, so I think that puts us in our sixth year now. That's great. And uh, like I said, we're based in Annapolis, but we cover the entire state of Maryland. We also do some work in the District of Columbia and uh, some federal work as well uh, with Congress. All right, we'll give, like,
0: give people a little background about yeah. you so we know a little bit more about you, a little bit of a personal side. Yeah. So are
1: you from Maryland, or where are you from? So it's a that's a kind of a complicated question I love it but uh, and I'll try to give a, a simple answer but yes I am I am not originally from Maryland okay I was actually born in the Dominican Republic Okay, um, my dad was uh, in the Foreign Service and so we traveled uh, for the first 16 years of my life I lived overseas um, mainly in Africa and in Europe and finally uh, came back to the States to uh, start high school in my sophomore year uh, at Northwestern uh, which unfortunately is closed now but Northwestern in Baltimore um, and, um, you know, like I said, went to high school here, uh, spent, uh, my parents are from, my mom is from here. My sister lives here now. And, um, yeah, so Baltimore became my home, uh, even though we were living overseas for those years, whenever we came back before going to another country we would come back to Baltimore and I would stay at my grandparents' house in Miami Place over near Forest Park. Oh, And then my parents ended up buying a house um, right off Park Heights Avenue. Actually, on Park Heights Avenue, Park Heights and Strathmore. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we eventually settled um, in, the, in the late 70s, early 80s. Nice, so.
0: nice. So where did you end up? So you went to Northwestern High School. Yep. That was off of Rich Town Road, right? It's off of Park Heights. Park Heights, Heights and, Park and, and, yep, yeah. Park,
1: Park Heights and Fallstead Okay, okay, yep. Fallstown. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes. A small world, small yeah. world. My uh, family lived off Luggate. That was off Park Heights, over by Seven Eleven, up that way. Okay. So okay. yeah, Northwestern High School. Yes, yeah, so I definitely remember that. They had a reunion actually a couple of days ago. Somebody had a, I'm my, <laughs> Northwestern had a reunion? yeah, they had oh, like a I forty year old or something some reunion. Like my my neighbors went to school there. Okay. okay. So it's a small world. Where did you end
1: up going to school? College. So, so after um, graduating from high school, I went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. So okay. So did that for four years, majored in international relations. I guess having lived overseas for all those years and just being exposed to sort of the international uh, community and you know looking at things from from a different perspective, uh, it was almost natural for me to to sort of fall into international relations major. So that's what I did in uh, in undergrad. In fact, that's where I also met my wife, uh, who's also was an international major, um, and. Um, yeah, I'll tell, I can talk about that story later. But yeah, so that, that's what I did for four years there. I uh, got a degree in, uh, in international relations and then went on to law school after a few years, went on to law school at Catholic University in DC. Mm-hmm. And um, you, know, you don't major in anything when you're in law school. You can, have, you can focus on certain things. And so my focus was international trade and transactions and comparative law, which ended up helping me later because I did a lot of international trade and transactional work in sub-Saharan Africa and other countries as well later nice.
0: in my practice nice so you know you I guess since traveling as 16 years living overseas and whatnot it pretty much sets you up for what you're doing after the college and whatnot
1: kind of like did yeah. you always know that that you wanted to go back overseas I, so that you knew? I think it was already you know I, I ended up learning the language so I speak French fluently and so it became almost natural for me to to sort of go into that international field so you know after high school, um, I wasn't really thinking international per se, but I did obviously major in international relations when I went to college. Graduated from college, didn't actually work in international relations right after college. I actually worked in the state's attorney's office in Baltimore mm-hmm. City as a as a paralegal. Um, but then, um, eventually, um, became a lobbyist or advocate in Washington D.C. Um, I'm sorry, in Annapolis actually, and in Washington D.C. working for and representing the city of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, And I got more exposure to the lawyers in that firm that were doing international trade and transactions. And then when I formed my own firm after uh, graduating from law school, um, I ended up getting work from clients that actually wanted me to help with international trade and transactions. So I was the chair of a coalition called the AGOA Coalition, which stands for the African Growth and Opportunity Act, which was a trade bill between the United States and 53 Sub-Saharan African countries. And I managed that coalition of about 60 businesses. That's where the passion comes in for doing international trade and transactions. And we actually helped get this bill passed. Mm. It's, think of NAFTA, but NAFTA for, for Africa. Wow. And, um, you know, hundreds, potentially thousands, maybe millions. I mean, maybe I exaggerate a little bit there. But certainly <laughs> I know thousands of sub-Saharan African businesses were able to benefit from this trade um, legislation, this trade bill between the U.S. and, and um, sub-Saharan Africa, which meant – duty-free products could come into the U.S. essentially duty-free. So I really enjoyed that. That was something that I was able to do to actually promote African businesses and and also American businesses as well. And then from that, the State Department engaged me to do a tour of some of the African, Francophone African countries Mm -hmm. to talk about the, the legislation and how their various businesses and chambers could get involved. And because I could speak French, they sent me to some of the Francophone countries where I actually had to do presentations in french when and i can tell you though i was fluent in french there is a difference between conversational french um you know regular like i said conversational french and then the legalese and business french and so but it was it was a fun challenge and i think i was successful
0: i love that yeah. i love hearing that story i didn't know that so yeah. i'm glad you shared that with us in the audience so you know you're, you're traveling you work with state department uh, at this point like did you want to make roots and it's like you know i'm, I'm sick of traveling yeah were you tired of traveling? Like, you know, because, you, you know, you met your wife down UVA. Yeah. And was she traveling
1: also with you? Like how? So we didn't get married until, until later. Okay. Um, we were friends at UVA, but she was an international relations major. She ended up working at the USAID, the United States Agency, for international development. My... Um, let me answer your first question about traveling i love i still i love to travel mm-hmm. um i do a lot of traveling i did a lot of traveling um when i had my own practice as a lawyer um i'm doing some traveling now even with the government relations firm but um uh you know when you're living overseas and moving um every two or three years it's hard to establish roots especially in the the time frame that i was living overseas we didn't have the internet there weren't mm. cell phones available at that time. Um, the only way you could communicate was through regular phones and you know, from the US to so many countries and overseas, you're talking you know, $10 a minute and mm. it just, the connection and staying in contact wasn't as easy as it is now with Facebook and all the social media and technology. Um, so I wasn't able to establish a lot of routes overseas and then traveling, and only coming back to the states for a few months, and then leaving to go back overseas. It was hard to establish roots even in this country. Um, I did get to know my grandparents and my uncle, mm. uh, but in terms of extended family, cousins, and others, not so much. And in, in, and no friends until I came back finally in the in the late '70s, early '80s, and I and, and established some roots here. Um, so I'm very, now I live in Washington D.C. I've been in D.C. for thirty, a little over thirty years, and I'm very happy to be planted in in, in one place. Um, although I do like, do a lot of traveling uh, overseas still, but uh, I can call the U S and certainly DC and the DMV home now.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like that. So where does, the, where does I call people? Where does the lobbying side come from? I know you talked a little bit briefly about mm-hmm. it. You worked with um, uh, Baltimore city and whatnot. Yeah. You worked with other places, but where does that really, when did you know you kind of had like a taste of it? You're like, i kind of like doing
1: this so i've always been an advocate okay. you're using using the term lobbyist and i like that and i know that's the traditional that's, gonna term, that's yeah that's that's but, gonna but, be the, the buzzword I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna switch that buzzword <laughs> to like advocate okay. advocacy but it's it's all it's the same it's the same thing mm-hmm. and i i got the bug a long time ago i think like from my high school days mm-hmm. um you know i was in junior rotc in high school i was a student um, leader in terms of government relations i was uh, i'm trying to remember was i a student Senator, I may have been a student senator. It's been a it's been a while, but I did some things in student government uh, for my high school, and then at the at the state level as well. And and that got me like you know doing things sort of at the at the high school level. Um, but then I ended up working, uh, flash you know flash forward a little bit. I ended up working in the public defender's office as their director of government relations. And so, the public defender we're representing folks who um, are afforded an attorney if they can't afford one uh, for those that are being charged with uh, with with crime and um, you know you're helping sort of the the uh, community uh, that may not necessarily have the resources uh, to advocate for themselves to protect themselves and from the government relations side I was working with the legislature and with the Office of the Public Defender to get bills that were passed that would help provide protections for those that are being accused of crimes so I really enjoyed that, and I did that for several sessions in Annapolis. And I think, like I said, I didn't associate being a lobbyist with this kind of work. To me, it was always like advocating for, for folks who needed, needed a voice, gotcha. that didn't necessarily have a voice. Um, so then after I did that at, this, at the public defender's office, I went to a law firm in, in Annapolis and was the, was the director of legislative affairs and legislative council, where this firm represented a host of, uh, a host of clients, and I was part of that. And uh, that got me more entrenched in, 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 into the Annapolis lobby scene nice. or, or Annapolis advocacy scene.
0: Advocacy. Yeah. We're going to say advocacy. Yeah. So folks, what we'll do is when we come back, we will talk a little bit about his company, how his company started, and what they're working with, the groups they're working with and whatnot. And we'll be right back with those messages. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job, and provide follow-up services for success.
1: It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student with in-school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger.
0: And folks, we are back with Mr. Lorenzo Bellamy. The advocate, yes, the advocate. <laughs> we got to have it. We'll use that language. You uh, just tell us a little bit about his story, about his background, about his travels and whatnot. And thank you for sharing that with yeah. the audience. Second part, we're here in the second part. Let's okay. talk about the business you own right now. Bellamy Jen. Yes, let's talk Bellamy. about that. How did we get here? How did we get here?
1: So uh, I formed the firm in September of 2017 okay. after spending 11 something years with another firm and great time there and great experience and exposure. But I thought it was time for me to, to venture on my own and to represent clients that I wanted to represent and to pursue my personal interests and the interests of our clients um, before the General Assembly. And I thought I could do that uh, best with my own practice. I had already had a firm uh, in, in the past, and so I kind of knew what that would entail, um, and I thought the timing was, was perfect to do it. So 2017, September 2017, I ended up forming Bellamy Gen Group, and uh, we've been in business since, since then, so over six years now.
0: When was the first time you like you had that that first client you got? How did that make you feel like? Do you I mean because I know everybody always remembers like that first client. Yeah. I remember when I got my first person who wanted to sponsor a show, and I cried because I was like, they they
1: believe in what I'm doing. So are you talking about my first client as Bellamy Jen? Yeah, Bellamy client ever. Bellamy so, Jen. first client. Oh yeah, let's talk about. So that. the way the way that happened, um, when I formed the firm, there were some clients who. Um, who decided to engage me? So there wasn't there really wasn't one client per se,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I had clients at a previous firm, but it was it was a host of clients that uh, that engaged me. What made me feel confident and realize that this was the right move was when those clients did engage me. So when they called me up after their contracts had expired and said we'd like to go with you, that gave me a sense of um, security in a sense of accomplishment, and a sense of I'm doing the right thing. And uh, hopefully they, and then, and many of those clients are still with me. Hmm. So um, I don't have a specific, I do have a specific story from something that happened a long time ago when hey, I had my very first, we're client. here, we're here. Let's so go. We're this is here. What, when I was, when I've just had formed my, my, my law firm um, uh, back in DC. And I had zero clients at that time. And I remember going to a conference uh, in Washington, DC for the XM uh, export, Export-Import Bank, and I remember standing up in the audience to ask the panel a question. Now, I knew, already knew the answer to the question, but I asked the question, and it was related to coverage, um, insurance coverage and financing coverage for a particular project, and the, um, the person wouldn't answer the question. The panel, panelists would not answer the question, at least didn't answer it appropriately. So I kept probing more and more and asked more and more and finally got very close to an answer that I was satisfied that I wouldn't badger this person anymore. Well, unbeknownst to me, there were some people in the audience who were very interested in the questions I was asking. Mm. And one person in particular came up to me and said, we've been trying to get an answer to that question for five years and have never gotten this close. You're the only person that's gotten an answer close to what we wanted, or at least what we can understand. What is your name? I gave him my name, and two months later, I had a contract with this client, and it was Mm. Chevron so Chevron was my very first first client that i ever had and i had them for for a significant amount of time and so i do i do remember that so the the, the more the the lesson i learned was never feel embarrassed or you know to stand up in the middle of of a crowd and ask a question intelligent question prayerfully you know the answer to it already so you're prepared but um, understand that there are people in the audience that are, that are, that are watching you and listening to you. And so that was like marketing for one-on-one for myself. Mm. Uh, so I do remember that vividly, um, like in terms it. of the other clients, uh, I just told you how they, how they came over and, and, uh, that was, that was, uh, rewarding for me to, to know that. I like that. I like that. So,
0: I mean, you were already, I'll tell a lot of my friends who are in politics and whatnot, they're like, Maryland's a hard state to crack into if you're not, because a lot of them live outside of state. They're like, Oh, we want to work with some people here and yeah. whatnot. Um, and you were already here. Would you consider Maryland a hard state to start a firm in? If you aren't from here, like how would you, you know? What, what do you
1: think? I, mean, I think you have to have some relationships because advocacy, relationship. legislative advocacy, is all about relationships. So, like I said, I worked in the public defender's office, which is uh, the Maryland public defender's office. Their main headquarters is in Baltimore, but they have um, a government relations arm in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. So, for for several years, I was in Annapolis meeting people. Uh, even though I wasn't from, from Maryland initially, right? Or not even from, and certainly not Annapolis. Um, and that's how I got to know people there. And then when I worked at this firm for 11 years, that's when I obviously made relationships with legislators and with policymakers, the, you know, the executive, et cetera, and also kept my relationships with the folks in Baltimore City, city council, mayor's office, and then expanded that relationship to the other communities. So I would say that if you're coming in cold with no relationships, you're probably going to have um, some, some difficulty, but it's, it's not impossible. And, but I think that, you know, you have to be aggressive in forming those relationships. And I would say to the credit of the Maryland general assembly and to the executive bodies, they're open to engaging with you. They want to learn, they want to listen. Uh, and it became very easy to make those relationships attending some of their functions and just talking to them and going to their events and, and, Inviting them out and things like that, and just having a conversation with them, and they begin to trust you, especially if you're giving them very good and sound advice. And then you just develop that relationship from there, and then they they um, they appreciate that. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people love what you guys have going
0: on. Yeah, you guys um, do some big things at Mako. Yeah, conference every year, and we people, love Mako. And it's one of the. I mean, I I went to was fortunate enough to go to your event this year, uh, and We're it was so glad beautiful. to have you. It was beautiful. I mean. We had a packed house on the second floor. Yeah. I had friends who went to MAKO who were at the party downstairs. <laughs> they were like, Aaron, we couldn't get up there. We, we, um, To this day, which is really, uh, shout out to Brent from the uh, Baltimore County Chamber of Commerce. He's ahead head of there. And he was like, I was at the party. I, I just didn't see you. I knew you were upstairs, but wow. that's how people really remember that. Um, Tell us a bit about your relationship with MAKO, just how you guys got that. You, I guess I feel like it's opening night. It's opening night. You, it's your party. You guys party. <laughs> it's the premier party. I mean, again, I people, I was at a conference last night. I was like, man, you got to go to this party next year. This is the best event I've been to. Well, Mexico. if you only best if you event. come, only if you come back, Hey, only if I get yeah, invited yeah, back. Yeah, you're, you are invited. You Don't are forget, invited.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead well, it, you know, we thank you for that, Dante. We, we really appreciate um, Mako uh, Maryland association of counties and uh, have had a great working relationship with them. We attend, you know, since I can remember, I've been going to the Mako conference every year, the winter and summer conference uh, this year, was actually the first year um, that Bellamy Jen and Mako actually had a formalized relationship um, for the golf. We do two things at Mako. We do a golf outing and we also do our reception. And um, this year we partnered with Mako um, on the golf outing. and. Uh, you know there was over 100 over 150 160 maybe close to 200 golfers that participated including folks that we had from our um relationships and the mako relationships and so that opened it up uh tremendously and so that was that was an experience and we enjoyed playing golf with with the mako folks and and and, and their participants um the reception was was independent of mako mm-hmm. but again it's i have to give credit to mako because it was done at the Mako conference. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a sanctioned Mako sanctioned event, but I think Mako benefits from having these kind of receptions and from our reception. And we benefit from the conference being the Mako conference with the audience that we can attract um, for such a uh, such an event. So um, we love Mako. I've been, like I said, been going for many years. This is probably our fourth or fifth time doing the reception at the Sunset Grill. So shout out to Sunset Grill. And uh, we plan on doing, doing it again. And I mean, it's it's a night of night of elegance. It's, uh, you know, a night of uh, intelligent and and conversations and networking. You know, you had your podcast there. That was the very first time that we actually had a podcast. And so I have to give a shout out to to uh, Jordan Bellamy for helping us uh, put that together and encouraging um, sort of us old folks to to uh, to engage in in, uh, that new uh, new space. And so it was really, really good to to uh, to to have that. Uh, you can cut out the old part. No,
0: uh, you're good. No, I, I I won't tell you. No, I'll tell you, Shout out to Jordan Bellamy yeah. Yeah. for everything she's done and the, the networking. Because I remember, I, I'm going to give my audience a little breakdown who, who don't live in the state, who don't live in Maryland. Sunset Grill is not on the main strip. No, it's not. Is You have to go off the island and or the peninsula and come back, come on the mainland to get to it. And it was packed, folks. Yeah, yeah. It was packed. Yeah. So it wasn't like the parties next to the hotel. You had to go fifty blocks down, and then they'll go across a bridge. And it was packed. So kudos to you guys for having such a great event yeah. and having a great name out there. That's that's, that's, yeah. that's your brand. Yeah. And we had over
1: over three hundred people showed up. I think you know, um, uh, from even from seven o'clock on, and like you said, it was we we consider it to be a marquee. It's one of our marquee events, and we're right. glad that others look at it that way as well. And so appreciate everything you did. And you're definitely welcome next year. Appreciate
0: it. So yeah. let's talk about this episode is going to come out right during session before yeah. session starts. Wow. It's coming up. Okay. What are your thoughts on the session coming up? What are your thoughts about
1: what's going to be happening out yeah. here? It's going to be an exciting session, the 24th session of the General Assembly. I think, you know, we heard the governor at MACO uh, this past Mako announced that, you know, the city, the state's going to be experiencing some budget issues and uh so we have you know that's going to be a challenge for for everyone in the state of maryland but we think you know um legislators and advocates i think will be able to overcome those challenges and i think to the governor's credit i think he'll be able to overcome a lot of those challenges as well um i think that you're going to see a lot more bills than you saw last year i think the new legislators that came in are now consider veterans and I think have a better understanding of the process. And so you can expect them to start introducing more and more bills uh, that are going to require um, attention and focus. So we're looking, we're looking forward to it. I think there's going to be, um, you know, transportation legislation, environmental legislation, uh, criminal justice legislation. We're working on a major uh, criminal uh, gun gun safety legislation ourselves. Um, you know we represent legal aid and some of the other clients are gonna have legal issues in terms of representing um, Folks who are, don't have attorneys, but it's all gonna be about money as well. So it's gonna be a, a, a scramble um, The good thing about Maryland unlike what we've seen at the national level at the federal level is that we're a civil We are we've on civility And I think that there's from the legislators and the lobby or advocacy corps. see I gotta get used to saying advocacy It's, corps, um, <laughs> it's, it's civility And so I think, and and, and I think, and respect. And so at least even though there's tension and there's differences and there's potentially a shortage in some areas, folks are civil about it and understand that you're not going to get everything you want. Um, One of the things that I'm um, very uh, keen on is in the past, my my motto and my... um, my goal has always been to to sort of seek common ground with some of our clients and the policies and the opposition, and I think that's important. You know, we do want to win for our clients, and we have won, and we will continue to win. But there's also room for, I believe, for common ground. But I'm taking it to a different level, of entering to this session. So, in, in addition to a common ground, I also want to look for the higher ground, mm-hmm. and I think that is that's driving me now. Is yes, we we look for the for the common ground, but what about the higher ground and I think that's going to be something... I got that from listening to um, Bono's book, Surrender. Mm. And I believe he was quoting Nelson Mandela. And it's great to look for the common ground. But if you can find and seek the higher ground, then then I think everyone benefits from that. I like so, that.
0: So are you looking... So I know you have a lot of clients. You're busy. You're just going to be busy, busy, busy. From your standpoint, I mean, I, I, people probably don't know. You guys are nonstop for how many days? How many days is the whole session... And whatnot. Well, nah, give us a little sneak peek. Kind of we haven't stopped of your. Lo- okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give us a, give us yeah. a sneak peek about. So, if there's a client out there that potentially has said, "I'm looking for somebody to help me out, advocating for me," what, right. what would you say to them?
1: Well, the session is 90 days. Okay, it starts uh, January 10th uh, and goes into April. 90 days, um, but the advocacy starts way before then. In fact, it's it's throughout the 90 day period, you're 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 advocating, you're lobbying. And then when even when it's over and the governor signed all the bills, you're still advocating for the next, getting ready for the next session, mm. um, or even local issues as well. So it doesn't really stop. But the prime, if you if if clients are looking to engage lobbyists, engage advocates to to promote their uh, their issues, etc. Now is the time. Uh, I mean, you know, October, September, October, the fourth quarter, essentially. Uh, some folks would do it during the summer. Like we had some clients engage us right before Mako because they knew Mako would be a great opportunity for. Um, opportunities to have those kind of conversations in a, in a, in a, closed environment, winter Mako is coming up. Some clients want us to meet with folks at winter Mako in, in December. I would say the fourth quarter, uh, you know, September, October, November, December, fourth quarter plus one uh, to, uh, to engage um, uh, government relations folks and advocates to, to get before the, uh, the general assembly and this, and the second floor.
0: So if I'm a client potential client, what's the sales pitch? Why would they want to work with the, your team? We are successful
1: we win. We understand what your issues are. We listen. Before we do a lot of talking and speaking and trying to promote ourselves, we want to hear your story. We want to hear what your issues are. And then we try to see if we can help you. There are some clients I've had to turn away because I realize that as much as I would like to help them, um, we just don't have, it's just not, it just is not the right fit. So we do want to listen to you first and make sure that, you know, There's a great, there's a clear understanding of what your issues are and what you're trying to accomplish, and that you're comfortable with us reaching that particular objective or goal. We may even aim something for something higher. If you're okay with that, great. We want, we definitely want you. Um, I I don't make any promises. I always let the clients know that this is, we're going to do everything we can to win for you, but you know that we cannot make any promises. The promise that we can make is that we will fight tooth and nail to make sure that your issues are in front of the right decision makers. And hopefully, and we've been successful for the most part, getting your decisions approved and your legislation either removed, policies removed, or policies improved and policies created and legislation passed on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So we are here to help you get your message out, to promote who you are. Um, We know that you're trying to do good things for for your constituents, for your shareholders, for the community. We want to make sure that legislators and those that make the final decision understand that as well, and that their decision to either pass the legislation or to improve poli- approve policies in your benefit, to your benefit, makes sense and helps them as well and the society as a well. whole.
0: Uh, hey, you sold me. I wish I had yeah. a company. No. <laughs> but no, but I, you really have. I, I, again, I can attest and I will say you guys are just the best to work with. Um, you're really professional on how you guys handle yourselves in and out. And I just want to say kudos to you guys always being there for your clients and just really just, I
1: wish them the best success for you guys going to the next session. Well, Dante, Um, Aaron, thank you for that. And, you know, thank my, you know, I appreciate my team that we have at the firm and, and all the good things that we're doing. And we're going to continue to do that.
0: Definitely, definitely. Is there anything else we're left leaving out that you might want to drop
1: for us real quick? Uh, uh, well, looking forward to opening day, okay. uh, Maryland General Assembly session, uh, legislative session 2024, January 10th. Uh, make sure you you know, you know check out uh, Bellamy Gen, and uh, we look forward to working with clients that want to come with us and serving our current clients and, and making sure that they have a successful session and beyond. So you look on BellamyGen.com, is that what it is? BellamyGenGroup.com.
0: Group, okay, .com. okay. Yeah. so make sure that everybody hears that, BellamyGenGroup.com. Follow them on there. You can find all your social links through that yep. through that process and whatnot. So I appreciate your time, but we're not gonna get you off the hook that quickly. Uh oh, we're not gonna do that. We can't do that. We have a speed round real quick for you. Okay. Okay. So you said you you, you said you're Maryland guy, so we gotta bring it back now. Uh oh, we gotta bring it oh, back no. for you. Okay. Uh oh, trivia. Snowballs or ice cream? Snowballs. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. We're <laughs> we you got you got your car still. Okay. All right. <laughs> Crabs or crab cakes? Ooh.
1: Crabs. All right.
0: I like crabs too because you know what? We can put our phone down and actually have conversation and dialogue. That's why I like crabs.
1: Crab cakes. You don't necessarily know what you're getting and
0: all the crabs. You don't, but but you're not going to put your hand on your phone because (laughs) Pepper's going to. Yeah, you're not going to put your hand on that phone. You're not going to do that. Um, Your favorite Super Bowl halftime performance?
1: Oh, my favorite Super Bowl halftime performance.
0: I always stump people with that one. That's always a hard one.
1: Um, I'd have to say Prince.
0: Uh, okay. All right. It started yeah. raining purple rain. Yeah. All right. So since you're from the islands. Okay. Okay. I know I'm going to mess this up. I'm I'm on, I'm on a different Island here though, but you're following on this
1: jerk or curry jerk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not curry. No, I mean, okay. I love, I love curry, but my dad was stationed in Jamaica for two years, was there. Um, um my my dad' sides from Barbados and also from uh, Saint Kitts Nevis, and uh, I, I like the I like I like the jerk.
0: If you could get one Jamaican meal right now, what would you get?
1: Oh, uh, you're taking me back to. I gotta
0: ask you because we're we're here. Uh, well, we're gosh. here. If you if you get one Jamaican meal, me I'm about oxtails. I'm I, an oxtail guy with some butter beans and
1: lime. I'm good. So for That's all I need. for the Jamaicans out there, Hellshire Beach in Kingston, um, is there in the late '80s. Best Fried Red Snapper Mm. with Bami and a Red Stripe Beer Mm. with the Scotch Bonnet Pepper. pepper, I mean, I'm tasting it and seeing it right now. Mm. That was my favorite. I, I went back several times. I hope they're still doing it. I haven't been back in a long time. But if I do go back to Jamaica and to Kingston, I'm going to Hellshire Beach and I'm praying that they... Those those people are there on the beach making that because they make it. I mean, you pick your fish out right there, mm. and then they deep fry it. Mm. And I'm telling you, there's nothing. I tried to replicate that here in the states. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work out that no. well. No. Well, no. thank you so much, sir, for coming yeah. to the show.
0: I feel like we leave on that note. Love, peace, and we're out.